You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. Hello and welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you horror comics from all eras. I am your horror host, Wes Deadair Nipe. First up, I'd like to thank Rick Hunter for the use of our intro and outro music, and also Chris Begarn for all his wonderful art that he provides to the website and the podcasts. If you're just joining us, it's a good time to do so because it is a one-off issue that we're going to be doing. We just finished Archie Palooza, which was the first volume of Afterlife with Archie, and then we followed that up with the first volume of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. But now we are going to take you all the way back to some more EC comics. I'm going to be reading you some Tales from the Crypt, and some Tales from the Crypt proper, right from the Crypt of Terror. So without further ado, I bring you Scared to Death, Art Wally Wood, writer, the legend Al Feldstein. A title treatment, a woman screams in terror against a window pane, it's night and pouring rain. In the corner, the haggard old man face of the Crypt Keeper. He says, It was a diabolical plot. Ralph was sure Cora would be scared to death. Establishing shot. We see a couple, a woman, blonde, sitting in a wheelchair, a man, mustached and brown hair, in a gray suit. Narration. Cora clutched her shawl tightly around her throat and stared horrified into the darkness of the hallway outside her room. Ralph, her husband, grasped the arm of her wheelchair, studying her. Ralph. He's... he's coming, Cora. Your uncle's coming for us. Cora. No, no, Ralph, I... I won't believe it. Cora's face was wet with perspiration. Her hand trembled. The knuckles whitened as she drew her shawl protectively around her. Ralph smiled slightly as he watched her reaction. It was going to work. It had to. Ralph, pointing towards the stairs. Listen, Cora, listen. His footsteps on the stairs. He's coming to avenge his murder. Cora still her hand to her chest. She looks worried and stares into the direction he's pointing. Stop it, Ralph. Stop it. Tears filled Cora's eyes. They spilled over the rim of her eyelids and ran crazily down her cheeks. She began to sob, heavy sobs that racked her body and shifted her wheelchair. Cora crying, Ralph next to her. We can see an old grandfather clock in the background. It's five to midnight. Remember, Cora? Remember the night we killed him? A shot through the window, looking into the study. Cora slumped over the arm of her wheelchair, sobbing. Ralph stands over her. Narration. Cora gasped. Ralph chuckled to himself. Poor Cora. One more heart attack will surely kill her. The doctor had told Ralph. Ralph, remember, Cora? We did it. For his money. Cora, please, Ralph. 
Please don't. As Ralph watched Cora, his thoughts went back, back over the long months to the beginning. It had all started at a cocktail party given by her uncle in Cora's honor. A flashback indicated by us no longer being in boxes, but sort of wavy clouds. We see Ralph, now in tuxedo and a red bow tie. He's standing next to a balding man in a brown suit. Ralph. Really, Frank, I feel terrible about this. Coming to a party without an invitation? Frank. Forget it, Ralph. Cora's uncle didn't know you were visiting me. We're now to be introduced to Cora's uncle. He's older, glasses, gray hair, and mustache. Frank tries to protest. Yes, but... Frank. Shush. Here he comes now. Cora's uncle, Mr. Weatherby. Ah, Frank. Glad you came. Who's your friend? Ralph shaking Cora's uncle's hand. Well, Frank introduces him. Oh, this is Ralph Kearns. He's from New York. I took the liberty of bringing him along to your niece's party. I hope you don't mind. Nonsense! How do you do, Ralph? I'm Cora's uncle Alex Weatherby. Glad to have you. We see Cora in a red dress, laughing with a partygoer. Narration. Ralph smiled to himself as he watched Cora squirm in her wheelchair. Yes. That was when he had first met her. Still in flashback. Ralph. Hey, Frank, who's the pretty one? Frank. Well, that's your hostess, Cora Weatherby. She gets all this when the old geezer croaks. Soul heir. Narration. Soul heir? All of Alex Weatherby's wealth would be Cora someday. Suddenly, it had come to Ralph. The whole plan. Ralph. Well, Frank, you're some pal. Aren't you going to introduce me? Frank. Oh, yeah, sure, Ralph. Come on. Cora. As he says Cora's name, she turns from the person she's chatting with to look at Ralph. Now we jump a little bit ahead. They're no longer at the party, and the two are together, both riding on horses, seagulls flying in the background. Seems to be the afternoon. Narration. There was a noise below. Cora jumped, gasping for breath. Ralph eyed her, her chalk-white skin, her wrinkled forehead. She wasn't pretty. Not anymore. Not as she had been when he had first asked. Frank. Will you marry me, Cora? I know we've only known each other a short time, yet... Cora. Oh, Ralph. Do you really want me? Again, Ralph laughed silently. Cora. Always the pushover. Like now. Cringing. Shaking. The silly fool. He had wanted her uncle's money. Not her. Ralph. Then you'll say yes? Cora. Of course, darling. Of course I'll marry you. We see now that the camera has panned out on the two on horses, there's a, a dog running beside them. Close-up shot of Ralph leaning into Cora. Looks like the poster of Gone with the Wind. Narration. Not that Cora had been so bad to look at back then, yet to Ralph. Experienced. Worldly. Suave. The money had seemed so much more attractive. Ralph. Oh, Cora. Cora. Ralph, I'm so happy. Now, back to the present. We see Cora, with her green shawl, looking worried and weak. The wind outside Cora's bedroom whistled through the trees. Another noise. Another gasp. Ralph watched her closely. She was breathing heavier now. Painfully. Back to the past. The two on their wedding day. Ralph in a smart suit, with a wide blue tie. Cora, 
a white wedding gown, complete with veil. Narration. And then the wedding. Ralph especially remembered the wedding. How he had slipped the ring on her finger, saying the words but thinking. Ralph. With this ring, I thee wed, and his thought bubble. You and your inheritance. Now the two, embracing on the bow of a ship. It's night. The stars are gleaming. The moon is full. It's a very romantic scene. Narration. Ah, the honeymoon. The cruise to Europe. On the old man's money. Cora. What a beautiful moon tonight. Love me, darling. Ralph. With all my heart, Cora. And now we see Cora's uncle, Alex, with a cigar in his mouth, next to Frank, who's smoking a cigarette. They're in a factory. A, a laborer in an apron works behind them. And then, those rotten months at the plant. Working like any other laborer in the old man's plant. Alex. Got to start at the bottom, son. Someday this plant will be Cora's, and you'll have to run it. Always emphasize that these comics are quite old, so... Obviously, Cora could just run the plant herself, but... Ralph. Of course, Uncle Alex. I understand. I want to learn. We now see Ralph leaning over a sink, washing his hands. Seems to be on the job because there's some inspirational posters. Procrastination is the thief of time and no smoking. I guess no smoking's not really inspirational, but it's good advice. Narration. Wanted it. Ralph had hated it. Hated everything about it. And then it had come to him. The perfect solution. Ralph, in a thought bubble while he washes his hands. No shirt. He's very muscly. Of course. What a fool I've been. Why? Why wait till the old geezer dies? Why not help him? Yes, the next few months had been tough on Ralph. He had to be on his toes. Convincing Cora wasn't easy. We see Ralph coming home, taking off his jacket. He says, And then, in front of the men, he insulted me. Called me incompetent. A numbskull! Cora looking sad. Oh, Ralph, darling, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll speak to him. It had taken patience and ingenuity. Ralph, no, Cora, I'll fight my own battles. Cora, I can't understand his actions. I really can't. He had to use careful timing. Psychology. He called me a gold digger, accused me of marrying you for your inheritance. Cora looking furious. No, the hateful old. Ralph, yes. And then he said that he'd cut you out of his will. He accused you of the same thing, that all you cared about was his money. Cora, let him. He's nothing but a bitter, crotchety old skinflint. <laughs> How do you like these old-timey insults? Narration. A pushover. That's what Cora had always been. At first, she had violently objected, but soon, she had reluctantly agreed. We see Ralph with his hands on Cora's shoulders, whispering in her ears. Why not? It's your money rightfully. He's old. He's lived his life. It'll be easy. Cora, all right. All right, we'll kill him. Now, an exterior shot of the mansion. Ralph, 
clunking Uncle Alex on the back of the head. Cora holding her face in shock. And so, one night, as old Uncle Alex Weatherby had been strolling near the pond on his vast estate, they had put him unconscious, face down in the pond. And we see Uncle Alex floating face down in this body of water. Just the top of his head and his back and his legs are not submerged. We also see Cora and Ralph's legs in the shot. Ralph, it'll look like he fell, struck his head, and drowned. Cora, oh, Ralph, I'm, I'm afraid. We now see Ralph on one of those old-style black rotary phones. Later that night, they had called the police. Ralph, yes. He went out about three hours ago and hasn't come back. We see two boys in blue police officers standing over Uncle Alex's body. Now, this is interesting because in this shot, Uncle Alex uh, is not submerged in water. He's actually on the path, and there's a huge pool of blood around his head. So I don't know if that's a continuity error or what, but this panel is always kind of amusing to me. Narration. The police had come had searched the grounds, and found him. Poor old Gink slipped and fell, I guess. Well, let's get him inside. <laughs> it's just like, these two cops are not on the top of their game. They're just looking at this guy lying on a path in a pool, a massive pool of blood, and they just say to themselves, yep, accident. We now have Cora sobbing while she lies in bed, Ralph standing over her. Narration. Yes. They'd gotten away with it. Cora inherited the money, but something had to happen to her. Perhaps it was her conscience bothering her. Anyway, she'd begun to brood, lose weight, age rapidly. Ralph, Cora, you've been looking terrible lately. You've got to forget about it, do you hear? Cora crying, I can't, Ralph. I, I can't. She had grown nervous, frightened. She'd jump at every sound. Then, she had her heart attack. We see a blonde doctor preparing a syringe. In the background, we see Cora lying in bed unconscious. Doctor. She's a sick woman, Ralph. Another attack will surely kill her. She must take it very easy. Ralph with a cigarette in his mouth. I understand, doctor. And so, the idea had come to Ralph. With Cora dead, the Weatherby fortune would be his. All of it and Cora would be a pushover. Another shot from the exterior of Cora's bedroom. We now see Ralph looking terrified. Good Lord! Cora, what is it, Ralph? Ralph getting up from his chair. I, I thought I saw his face. Uncle Alex's face staring at us through the window. Cora, no, you're joking with me. The wind slammed a shutter downstairs, and Ralph snapped out of his reverie. Cora, still trembling, was staring into the darkened hallway. Ralph, what was that? Another footstep? Cora, clutching her throat. N no, no, I, I... Ralph smiled. This night, the wind, everything had been perfect. I should have been an actor, he thought. Any moment, her pounding heart would fail. He's coming, Cora. Don't you hear him? Cora... Looking weak, she's about to topple over. Yes, I... Suddenly, her eyes seemed to pop out of her head. Ralph waited. This is it. Sure, he thought. 
She heaved a final retching gasp and doubled up. We see Cora looking wide-eyed, falling out of her wheelchair to the floor. Ralph looking shocked. Cora! Ralph bent over her. She was dead. Ralph. Poor Cora. Poor, poor Cora. Suddenly, there was a sound in the darkened hallway. Ralph, sweat pouring down his brow. What was that? It came through the door. It was bent over like an old man. And we see Ralph shocked as this bent over cadaver covered in slime and muck, tattered clothing menaces him. Ralph stammers back, almost falling over. The stench of grave mold filled the room. Ralph, keep away. Keep away from me. The thing reached out its rotted arms for Ralph, moving towards him. And we see this corpse doing just that, inching ever closer, using the wall for support. Ralph with his arm out. No, no. The clothing hung in shreds from its maggot-covered limbs. Ralph clawed at its face, and pieces of dead, foul-smelling flesh came off in his hands. We see Ralph with a big clump of face flesh, sweat pouring off of his face, his mouth agape in horror. Oh, Lord, help me! It lifted him in a vice-like grip and carried him down the stairs. The odor of decay burned Ralph's nostrils as he struggled for air. Ralph, still clawing at this thing's face, its bulging eyes are almost coming loose from the struggle. Let me go. Establishing shot, the rotten corpse of Cora's uncle carrying Ralph in his arms, steadily heads towards the same pond that he drowned in. The thing was strong. It held him fast. It stumbled out across the well-kept lawns and down the glade to the pond. Ralph began to scream. Ralph's struggling so hard that his suit has become torn, his bare arms exposed, while this thing wades knee-deep into the pond. It stepped into the pond, wading out to the middle. The pond bottom was soft out there, like quicksand. Ralph's screaming was wild, almost animal-like. The thing stood rigid there in the center of the pond, clutching the struggling Ralph. Slowly, they began to sink deeper and deeper into the soft mud. We see Ralph screaming, screaming at the top of his lungs. This thing, now thigh deep, then waist deep. Now, we see Ralph alone, his arm outstretched. He's begging, no, no, no. Down, down until only Ralph's upstretched hand remained above the surface. And then, even that disappeared into the mud. And we see just the tips of Ralph's fingers still out of the water, and in watery green text, the end. Well, there you have it. I decided to read that one because I was interested in having a little bit of fun with EC Comics, and also I wanted to do a classic shitty people get what's coming to them because a person comes back from the dead without any explanation. It's fantastic. If you guys are interested in these old-timey EC Comics, we've done quite a few of them. 
This is the second one that I think I've ever done, which the Crypt Keeper hosted. Not a lot of Crypt Keeper action in this particular issue. It was kind of a short one, but that's okay. But I've also done the Vault Keeper, and I've also done the Old Witch. You know, these EC comics really mean a lot to me, and I love reading them. Well, that's all for this week. I will be back next week with a new comic for us to read. Not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but we'll figure it out. Just flying by the seat of our pants here. I am your horror host, Wes Dead Air Nipe, now and forever, even beyond the grave. And you've been listening to Panels of Blood.